Welcome, welcome. This is episode 31. We literally a millisecond ago just checked which number this was. We're getting up there in age. Oh, we're so old. I mean, I guess if we were concerned about our age, this is the age we would be to start saying that we were old. Worrying about our back. Oh. But my back actually hurts sometimes, and I wonder why. Like, am I too old? Am I getting... Are my bones weakening already? You're getting too old. Your 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 teeth are hurting. Your back is oh hurting. Oh my god. I also have been dealing with wisdom teeth stuff. You Kylie's are right. are getting old. Your teeth are hurting. Your back are hurting. But my wisdom teeth... Okay, wisdom teeth are supposed to come in when you're, like, in a teenager, right? Yeah, so you're, you just had delayed... I'm even older. Too. Yeah, getting old. Ne- uh, next, we're going to do uh, episode 32 about Zoe's hip replacement, oh so stay God. tuned. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a real exciting one. <laughs> um, well, for this episode, we've got a lot of great stuff to talk about. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the things that we've been listening to, including some new albums that have just come out. Very exciting. Uh, but b- beyond that, we're going to be talking about Vessels. They released a new album in September, right? I think it was September. Yes. I'm right. <laughs> uh, it was called The uh, the Great Distraction. I almost said The Great Divide. What's happening to my brain today? It's- You're getting old, Zoe. You're getting old. Oh, no. Now, episode 33 will be uh, Zoe's dementia. So we'll oh just go in. We hip replacement, dementia. 34 oh. will be about her dentures. Oh my god. I hope to never. Dentures seem like the craziest thing. Like, you get all of your teeth removed so that you can put in fake teeth. The idea of having your teeth pop out is just a whole nother level. That is. I. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to talk about vessels. <laughs> and not teeth. Not teeth. Um. But that album's really good. I hope you guys, uh, if you guys haven't heard it, you guys definitely should listen. But listen to us talk about it first, because you're already listening to this anyway. Um, and then we've, of course, got a great mix coming up after that, which is going to include a little bit of vessels in it. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, but right now, we're going to jump right into some new things that I'm still going to tease without naming them. So stay tuned. <laughs> Kylie, I need to tell you about the transcendent experience I had last night listening to Bjork's new album, Utopia. Please inform us because the look on your face definitely, there was a spiritual awakening in this apartment. I know there was. I know I didn't prep you for this segment at all, Kylie, but this was one of the greatest music listening experience I've ever had. Uh, Daniel and I, my roommate Daniel and I, uh, we basically set up our living room with, he's got some speakers and he's got a subwoofer. So it was a true listening experience. Oh my God, it was so amazing. and just emotionally. Yes, 100%. But we basically turned it on. We listened to Volnikura right before, because we were waiting for Midnight to Drop for when the album came out. Um, and Volnikura was her last album, which was uh, about her divorce and separation from her husband. Uh, very devastating. A lot of, like, string movements that were really upsetting. Yes. But uh, it was just, like, a brilliant album arca does production on it and arca is nuts which is awesome um but that album definitely is like a darkness to it Mm -hmm. because of that this album 
even she described in interviews is the polar opposite. It's just so happy and bright. And instead of strings, it's like flutes and woodwinds. And Arca is still on there doing his crazy thing, which even no matter like what the mood, Arca's beats make sense. It kind of emphasizes like the mood of it. And it's it was so beautiful. I was going to say, I think that they're two creative types that are very well situated for each other because they're both willing to sort of push the envelopes in their respective areas. Absolutely. That's so true. And for the last album, she was also working with Haxon Cloak. Um, and I have not heard a lot of his like solo stuff, but it's a very similar like feel. But for some reason, I think that maybe like kind of having fewer producers, aka just not having Haxon Cloak this time, kind of made it freer, mm-hmm. which even happier (laughs) like this is so brilliant it was so i mean utopia was definitely the perfect name for it Mm -hmm. um such a beautiful beautiful record i'm stunned at how much it like it just it was so good it was so good it really takes you uh on a journey (laughs) and i highly recommend it to anyone and everyone how long was it one was it a very long album was it short how long what was uh how many songs tell me a little bit about how it was uh put together so it was 14 tracks Mm -hmm. which is longer than any other bjork record uh 71 minutes so it was a lengthy Mm -hmm. album Honestly, though, it ended before my roommate and I were ready. <laughs> we, like, the last song ended and we both, like, looked at each other like, wait, what? Is that it? <laughs> um, but it was really great. A lot of, like, uh, I mean, every song has, like, so many different, like, movements to it. Um, there's one song, uh, I forget the name of it. I'm not super familiar with the track list yet, mm-hmm. sadly. I know, I haven't obsessed enough over it in the past 12 hours. Um, but, uh, there's, it's like, it's supposed to be the antithesis to this song, uh, on her last album, the song that was the saddest. And this song was like the same length, but it was the happiest. It was so great. Um, yeah, it was just amazing, like emotionally, the movements of it. And you said, so there were a lot of woodwinds and yeah. different, very different instrumentation you said than her last. So a lot of yeah. flutes, a lot of, yes. um, what about like other like saxophone or is it more flute sort of airy, that kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Just like woodwinds and stuff. She is the principal arranger on mm-hmm. this stuff. Uh, and she was last album too. The thing is, these two records are very different because the first, like her career when it began, she was kind of a pop artist. Her singing has always been a little bit quirky mm-hmm. and that's always what set her apart. But if you take away her lyrics and stuff and like her vocals, those are pop records uh, pretty much. So these are definitely different and I think way better. Well, I like, think it's there's interesting. More yeah, I was going to say, especially when you're doing, it sounds like she really dove in in terms of like the arrangements and things like that. I mean, that's a whole nother level when you're sitting there arranging so many different instruments right. and really drawing things out and making concept albums and just that type of thing. So I'm, uh, I'm really very excited to check this album out because I think it just sounds like and frankly let's all be happy that Bjork is in a happy place I know like, I was gonna say like after listening to it last I was probably like oh god we gotta send her flowers is she gonna be okay like um so I'm I mean to me I think another thing about Bjork that is so great is her longevity and that is so hard as an artist to have the type of longevity and have the type of ability to experiment and not totally go off the rails because I think sometimes when artists get too experimental you suddenly get stuck with this cacophony of sounds that you're just like I'm this this isn't it you know what I mean like somebody just got in a studio and was like bang on things you know so (laughs) I think what's interesting about her is the longevity of her career and her 
being able to experiment in a way that is still very um, musical and not off the rails. Yeah, I agree. It's funny that you say that because I I feel like that happened with Boney Bear's last record. I wasn't a huge fan of that. I know. I think we've talked about it since, and you, I like ironically, loved it. I yeah. loved it. It's crazy too because I didn't really like any right. of Boney Bear's other things. And then right. I went, "This is it." So I think it was definitely that album was quite polarizing, quite yeah. polarizing for previous fans. We totally like passed each other in the street on that one it's like exactly. i love bony bear's old stuff and you hated it and then I don't suddenly like that this. album i was just like i listened to it a lot actually i'm like this is so great <laughs> so that's really really interesting that you say that though i do i can totally see how he went from like very acoustic to there's like these weird electronic sounds yeah. and it is you know when artists experiment you know they, they take a leap of faith that their that their <laughs> listeners will go with them very very true way too true um so speaking of leap of faith, uh, how's the new Taylor record? So uh, it's funny because Zoe always laughs because you know I, I bring up the the pop side of things. So I I actually bought Reputation because I couldn't wait. Um, I it's interesting. I turn I was turned on to Taylor a lot later than most people. I thought her other stuff was cutesy, but I didn't really see her as this like really like oh this is an artist to watch probably until Red. But it didn't take me until 1989. I just think 1989 was just such a phenomenal album from start to finish. I'm a huge fan, still am. I, it's probably one of my most listened to albums, period, ever. I Damn. really just think it's an incredible album from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And so for this album, for Reputation, she worked with the same uh, producers, Max Martin and Shellback, and... I am obsessed with those two producers. If you guys aren't familiar, Max Martin has been working since the 80s as a producer, and he's produced ever. I mean, you name any big pop artist from Britney Spears and NSYNC to Pink to Kelly Clarkson. I mean, you name every large artist, and he has been behind it. And I just think that he is such an incredible producer who's been able to, to stay relevant, which is very hard. Just like Bjork, it's impressive that she's maintained relevance. Max Martin and Shellback, they work together. They're in the same, like, production company. And they're just very incredible so she worked with them on this album along with jack antonoff from bleachers oh right and i think that it's just reputation what's fascinating is number one it is just catchy as all hell just like 1989 i mean the hooks are there the talent's there and i really really enjoyed it. and there are some really great songs that um that just i mean you're just like wow it's a lot more synthy a lot darker and that's what I think is kind of interesting and this is where as much as I loved Reputation I think it's a great album from start to finish I will it will definitely be on my rotation but I think the reason that I will still be a 1989 person over Reputation is I like lighthearted Taylor I like fluffy Taylor okay. and Reputation sort of went into now don't get me wrong this is not a heavy metal album we're not talking like deep dark even with that album art <laughs> I was it's just it's a lot darker and you kind of hear her snark and sort of her like her her sort of being petty and just more honestly like underneath Taylor you kind of get more of an underneath of Taylor and to be honest I sort of like fluffy Taylor though I think what a lot of critics I mean critics like loved this album and I think because you you really like saw an actual human whereas with 1989 there's still that like fluffy love it's like that kind of puppy love that's not like real I think here you sort of have more like real emotions and things like that but um but yeah I mean I I think I'm just 1989 forever but um uh, how it goes is one of the songs that I just I mean it is holy crap good like just really dramatic with synths and it's just so catchy and there's another one called Dancing With Our Hands Tied which is 
really sad. It's basically about how a relationship was doomed from the start. And it's just like really, it, it she definitely, there's a lot more emotional, um, I, I don't know if I'd say like transparency yeah transparency is the perfect word that you just you sort of and you feel it too you're like damn like fame tore that really whatever relationship right. that was fame tore that apart like so you it, don't know what it was who it was no and that's the thing and like you just the thing with her is that she's actually in a really good relationship now and you can hear a lot huh. of those happy songs but also you can hear like whoever it was previously like definitely there's some angst so uh, who is she in a relationship with now? She's with his, some guy named Joe Alwyn, some British actor who's been in like one thing. Hmm. So I think that's probably sort of helped because she's kept him out of the spotlight yeah. so much that nobody knows anything. And I think that I'm sure that's helped because I mean, she's always dated like really high profile people. Right. And that's always going to be like, oh, can you handle that? Yeah. Clearly no, literally all those songs. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, which we're all grateful for. So thank you, Taylor. Yeah, no, I mean, um, no, I mean sounds awful to be like we're really happy for your failed relationships thanks but uh but yeah so I still again as much as I I think that 1989 I think I just like the fluffy Taylor better mm -hmm. reputation really is just more emotion I think emotional transparency like you said is perfect mm -hmm. and it's just catchy as hell I mean it's just so catchy start to finish like a really interesting album is it uh so I know 1989 is like more pop leaning than anything would you say that this is like more of that or, or is it more definitely like pop okay definitely pop with a lot of electronic edge like there's okay. one song uh that she actually is a, she's like through a vocorder oh which is really cool and I I read this it was actually a hilarious comparison that as much as she's dissing Kanye she sort of went 808s and heartbreak on this album and I was like damn no it's so right that's deep though that's crazy isn't that funny like because obviously like there's the you know this what you made me do and all that yeah but there's a um there's just the the song and it's I'm I'm hearing all the lyrics but I'm blanking on the title but she's singing through like a vocorder and it is I'm like damn no she did go 808 and heartbreak <laughs> on this so that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I I mean, I, I so highly recommend. Very, very interesting overall. You see more of kind of her, I think, like, yeah. real Taylor. So. That's cool. I mean, look, as much as I'm not a huge fan, like, I like hearing that. Like, like I like hearing that artists are becoming a little more honest in their songwriting and stuff like that. Not to say that she wasn't honest before but it was always kind of like like you were saying like um it's all like general kind of fluffy yeah. yeah this is more like you're like yeah like there's actually a song called this is why we can't have nice things where she's crapping all over somebody who just like wronged her Ooh. and it's yeah so you like the claws come out yeah. the claws are definitely out yeah. on this one yeah right. well, and, and it's a funny song too like i mean i just i loved that like she's like the lyrics go this is why we can't have nice things because you break them i have to take them away from you like <laughs> like a child yeah like it's like very so um yeah it's it's i highly recommend the listen cool. Great. Uh, so that's two highly recommended. I think we had one more thing, we right? We did. We wanted to talk about, okay, so I am absolutely obsessed with Carly Rae Jepsen. I'm a new, what are her fans called? I'm not sure, but I'll call you a new convert because. <laughs> Thank you. That's To me, accurate. my obsession is, is yeah. probably close to a religion. And <laughs> so I love Carly Rae and something that she recently did, she released a new song and now that you're like okay she released a new song but what's interesting about this new song it's called trouble in the streets number one she she co-wrote it with ariel pink which is not who you would expect her co-writer to be no how did they meet 
<laughs> we have no idea. The story behind that is is unknown, or at least unknown to us. Yeah, Not sure just... if it's just totally untold. I know, right? But also, she did, so the song is called Trouble in the Streets, and it's a surf rock song. That's another thing where I totally give her credit for really stretching what most pop artists do. Like, you're not going to find Beyonce doing surf rock. Like, Rihanna's not going to go on a surf or rock Or Taylor. Track. Yeah, Taylor's not going to go do surf rock. You know what I mean? Like, and there, trust me, there's nothing wrong with knowing what you do and doing it well. But I think one of the things that I love about Carly is she takes risks. Like, for example, yeah. the Emotion album was with all these producers that have produced things like Vampire Weekend that really weren't technically in her wheelhouse. But she went in and just, I mean, it was Blood Orange, that song All That. I mean, that awesome like 80s jam like things that you just I just think she does a lot of things that you wouldn't expect and and, is, and tries and is just really goes outside the realm of what you consider pop so it's even more fascinating so the song is called Trouble in the Street she wrote it with Ariel Pink and it's by a band called BC Unidos who neither of us had ever heard of nope. they have 244 likes on Facebook unbelievable just the fact that I think that that is really amazing that an artist of of her fame would be like yeah you know i'll collaborate with this really unknown artist that's most, another story i want to know most people don't do that like you hear stories for example like um kendrick lamar for example collaborated with i think his name is zakari on the song uh love so i mean it's not completely unheard of but at the same time it's like it's very rare for a large artist to start collaborating with baby artists like i mean 244 i mean that's like I know like local bands that have right like, that, that have more likes than that. Like this is a very small band that she just took a risk and said, let's do it. Another point of that is like even if a big artist does decide to like collab with a smaller artist, usually it's because they're trying to help them in the same genre. This is not the same genre. At this is a complete all. like left field At thing. All. It's like, so good. It, and it's great. <laughs> it's 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 catchy and it's cute because she's with her cute little voice saying, I don't want any trouble in the streets, which is hilarious because yeah. could you imagine Carly Rae? getting into a fight like <laughs> little tiny Carly little Ray. tiny Carly Ray getting into a fight but it's just you're right it's a completely different genre and I think it just shows again her willingness to just like try new things and have fun and just sort of like I think it also another great thing is that I think sometimes when artists get so big they take themselves so seriously yeah. like, it's not their brand or their image right like I think she's an artist that's more like let's do it let's have fun let's try it is the vibe that I get which is really cool and I think it you end up with better art that way because you're just like you're throwing yourself out there and at the end of the day realizing like this could have been really weird this could have been a really yep. bad song but you know what i mean she, she could have just been like you know surf rock is not for me but i actually really like her on surf rock so if she did her right? next album with some surf rock i'm not going to complain so if you're listening carly like we we love your surf rock we also love your pop oh my god can you imagine like if like the drums collaborated with carly Rae oh Pepsi? my gosh the drums and carly Rae. after so it's gonna sound really weird if you haven't heard this song you're yeah like, right that sounds really bizarre but i promise you listen to trouble in the streets yeah. and then imagine her in the drums who i think are just the pinnacle of perfect surf rock absolutely and that would be so fun i think they could really come up with some fun like surf rock slash 80 stuff like yeah. i would that would be the jam that would be the jam so, okay now Carly, again if you're listening uh hook up with the drums yeah um, this is my on my on my wish list now yes <laughs> carly ray and the drums so yeah Fantastic. again i'm just it's been it's been a great couple months for music right? i have no complaints there's some good stuff coming out as a final note uh two of the artists we've just discussed bjork and carly ray jepsen they have the same birthday i didn't 
and oh it was gosh. earlier this week, November 21st. So congrats to both of them. Yes. You guys are both amazing artists that we love and that is really special. So and hopefully they celebrated in true uh, true artist fashion. Which... By doing something weird. <laughs> exactly. By doing something very strange. <laughs> well, uh, happy birthday to you guys. Uh, by you guys, I mean Bjork and Carly Rae. But for you guys in the audience, get ready for some talk about The Great Distraction. Stay tuned. And now it's time to transition into our band of the week. This week, we are going to talk about Vessels. They are a post-rock band turned uh, electronic band from Leeds in the UK, um, in England, I suppose is another way to put that. Uh, they sound very similar on this record to, I would say, Battles and Errors and John Hopkins. And I think you mentioned Bag Raiders, too, when we were talking about I definitely think that there's uh, influence from uh, a lot of electronic, which, again, is interesting because they've sort of morphed into electronic. But right. I definitely heard some kind of, like, the the way that Bag Raiders does a lot of interesting electronics is how I would, I would characterize this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love that comparison, too. I think it's true. Um, but it is interesting, the trajectory of this band. They started out uh this is their fourth record so on their first two records they were very much uh like prog rock uh post rock people have compared them to godspeed you black emperor which i personally find maybe a little bit of a reach because that band is really um a lot more con like conceptual than anything not to say that this band doesn't use elements like that um but definitely a different uh thing altogether in my opinion um I love the transition they've made um on their last record they were kind of edging their way into electronic using a lot more synths um but this record is totally all like electronics a lot of interesting uh like computer work and glitches and it's a lot uh, it's a lot going on in a record that is so smooth and easy to listen to I think one of the things that I really appreciate about this band is that they will have songs where there are, it feels like four or five different lines of of music going on and yet it doesn't sound chaotic you don't feel stressed out or like this is a cacophony of sound like it's really just a very smooth well put together album right and they actually have said that that's a purposeful uh, element of the music that they've employed because especially when you're talking about prog rock as when using like guitars and stuff that's the point of it is to layer way too many melodies on top of each other to get this weird sound but when it comes to electronic music it becomes overwhelming and they didn't want to do that they didn't want to overwhelm they I mean like I said the transition that they made is, is it was very uh purposeful they did they knew what they were doing they knew that they didn't want to remain stationary in their sound and so now we have the great distraction um fantastic record it, every song is fairly long when it comes to if you're talking about like a pop record uh, of course if you're talking about like a techno record the songs are pretty short but uh it's interesting because they are like riding the fence they're kind of both um I want to talk just really briefly. I don't have a whole lot of commentary on it, but I wanted to talk about the album art, which is really cool. It's uh, like uh, lasers, blue and red lasers, just going into the void, into the abyss. Uh, really great album cover, by the way, for yes. an electronic <laughs> Yes, record. absolutely. Um, but so the art was done by a, a design studio called Split 
in the UK. They're actually based in Leeds, same as the band. Uh, and I wonder if that was like a conscious, like, we want to do this locally. Very cute. Um, but there's just one quote on the website of Split that actually explains kind of a lot of what they were thinking and why they designed it that way. And uh, I highly recommend, we'll link it as well in the bottom of the podcast, but highly recommend like, browsing. There's a lot of different... Um, different shots that they made and that that actually served as single artwork as well so it'll just be like the blue lasers and like just the red lasers uh it was just really cool it's really interesting um but this is what they said about it on their website the artwork for the campaign was created from a laser laser sculpture installed in the hepworth's calder space back in january 2017 Reflecting Vessel's live approach to techno, we look to blur the lines between computer synthesized and the real. The visuals combine the hard, crisp, rhythmical lines of digital work with the imperfections of an analog, physical medium in an attempt to capture something that really got to the heart of the sound of the record. The laser's crisp lines allowed us to suspend intricate patterns into thin air, but they also provided us with a visual cognate to the analog synths that define the band's current sound. Both were developed in the early 60s. Both will always be wrapped up in the folklore of sci-fi. Both have been ever-present on the club scene, and both retain their connotations with the future, quote-unquote, despite being non-digital technology with well over half a century of history each. That's really interesting. And right? I think a lot more thought out than most bands. Right. I know. I love and I love that. Like giving every aspect of the album its own meaning. And that's a little bit of foreshadowing because we're going to talk about the album title a little bit later. But for now, we're just going to move right into other uh, tracks on the song, specific tracks. Um, one of their first singles was actually the opening track of the album called Mobilize with an S. Yes. These Brits. <laughs> but anyway, I have nothing against that. Uh, this is a phenomenal song. It has a music video that I thought was really enrapturing, maybe just because I was super high when I was watching it. Um, but it's basically just like they're, um, it's the band, the five of them, and then there's this other guy who's like got this. It, to me, it feels apocalyptic because it's one of those like, um, like a deep sea diver of masks sort of thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's like weird. Um, and they're just all on jet skis in the middle of like what seems to be just like a cloudy open ocean area. Um, I, there's like um, st- not stilts, but there's things like suspended above the ocean. And this was filmed in like a real location. Like this wasn't like CGI or anything. Interesting. It was. It's so. It's so weird. And the song. It's it matches so well like it's a kind of a dark song and that video seems like there's something sinister a brewing um so yeah definitely a great match for it but a great track a great opener it really reminded me a lot of uh when uh zoe and i were in miami of course uh there was we listened to a lot of electronica and what's really interesting about this track is that it has a lot of like sort of deep house elements but definitely not your typical four on the floor type of of track like it's very much like um it one of the things about this band that's so great is that the song goes in ways you don't expect like mobilize definitely has a few different distinct areas of the song where it really goes into different um, musical patterns that you don't expect which is so great and I think it goes to show I mean they just I mean for this record they actually had 700 ideas unbelievable I don't even like (laughs) 
how are these guys a, a prog rock band? How did you have so many things going on at once? Like, it's just crazy how, how they sorted through something like that to actually write songs. I also just wonder about anybody having 700 ideas if are they sleeping? Do they just do music? <laughs> like how, I mean, how does a brain like, or, or even like multiple brains come up with that many ideas, that many songs, that mm-hmm. many, I mean, you just have to constantly be absolutely thinking about music, I right. guess. Like uh, it's got to overtake you basically. Yeah. Um, in the same interview that they revealed that they had over 700 ideas for this record, uh, this was on Loud and Quiet. They also said that because of that, like they, when they parsed down enough for the great distraction, um, they kind of already know what they're going to put on their next record too. <laughs> so Two looking words forward. one stone, yeah. Right, exactly. Um, which honestly, not to derail us a little bit, but I'm pretty sure that's what Carly Rae Jepsen did too. She had, like, she had like a million ideas for emotion. And then that's why there was like a full length B-side. I know there was a full length B-side. So basically musicians are amazing and they come up with more ideas than most of us can, even when we're sitting at our our desks trying to come up with ideas. It's true. It's so true. Yeah. A lot of respect to uh, Carly and Vessels. Yes. Um, but yeah, so a little bit more about their sound. This is, it's interesting, a lot of uh, reviews of the record used a lot of different songs to say like we're representative of the album. I think Mobilize is a great song. It's an opening track. It hits like all of the elements that basically you're going to hear throughout the rest of the record. And it's really enrapturing a long track, which I love. Um, and it's also, it's definitely in the house vibe that you can tell they're moving toward, but they specifically don't want to be this, like a house band they don't want to be a techno band i just think there are just so many parts it's almost like to me and it's just, it's so much more interesting than a lot of the four on the floor things because you just kind of get a lot of repetition whereas this is just there's so much moving and changing and going on that it's just i i think that really sets them apart and yeah. and i think that they'll forever not just be categorized as oh another techno band right and they haven't like lost it's another thing it was like they were a different type of band that's kind of morphed and you can tell because you can hear those elements in other songs yes like one of my other favorites was the song position i think that was my favorite one from the album and you can really hear the rock drums and the rock influence and one of the things that i surprised me about the song consistently throughout the record is it starts off pretty slow and builds up really well one of the things that's really interesting and i think it shows they're more rock than um traditional electronic roots is that they have really graceful and interesting builds with a lot going on because a lot of times with electronic you're like here comes the drop you like it's just like really obvious and apparent of what's gonna happen whereas with this band you're you're really taken on a ride and is is what I felt and position was honestly one of uh one of my favorites as well as we don't know how to say this properly. Glower. It's one of those O's with the line through it. So. Yeah. Ooh, I wish I knew that accent. Yeah. Name I, too. I don't know. Maybe Glower instead. Glow, glow, glow. I don't know. Jury's don't know. out on that one. It's interesting because it's not like they're from a country that uses that accent either. Yeah. So we're not really <laughs> sure about anything on that. We but. didn't do enough research on that. We are sorry. Yes. Um, but no, I really loved this track too. Um, it uh, There's so many like 
glitchy elements of it and i love that i mean there are so many throughout the record to be honest but there i don't know something about this track really pulled me glower was really definitely zoe and i both agree was one of the standout tracks of the album uh and what's really fascinating uh about this band among many other things is that they don't really have a, a legit live setup yeah they've said that they don't really have like all the equipment which okay Again, hearkening back to the fact that they didn't start out like as an electronic band kind of makes sense, but in the time since, you would I think. I mean, synths aren't, synths aren't that expensive. You right? know what I mean? Like, I mean, if you all start a Kickstarter for a synth, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll help you. We'll help you, Vessels, if you just you need some synths. But, I know. But maybe, I don't know, maybe that's part of their, like, we're just going to keep doing this, but you would think that eventually they'll probably have to buy some synthesizers. It's funny. I was reading an interview, and I, of course, didn't write down what interview this was from, but uh, they said something along the lines of, yeah, we started out as a band that tried to make eight guitars sound like synths, and now we're just a band that makes synths sound like guitars, which is so accurate, and it's so funny. It's just really interesting, too. I mean, it just, again, shows that this band is just kind of experimenting and kind of blurring the lines, which is fun. Again, it's overall, again, like, this is just such a fun listen and it really takes you on a ride and you have these songs that kind of go to unexpected places uh, but not so much that it goes off the rails that you're just like this is not music this is just sounds yeah right exactly and it's uh, again like they are so uh, deliberate with a lot of this uh, that even the idea of like having features on the record all like it's kind of all premeditated like they know what they're doing they will write the songs and then they would send them to other people that they were interested in having features on there um usually that's kind of the end of the process uh they are very in control uh which that's the only thing i can get out of that process yeah um i have seen god in the tv zine uh that blog they has said that just a little bit of a hindrance like the there are four tracks with vocal features on them uh and they were they didn't like them as much they felt that they were an afterthought and it's like yes because of the way that that process is yeah they're an afterthought in a literal sense but i don't like the idea of it being like an afterthought as like a criticism yeah zoe and i definitely disagreed with that because we really felt that First of all, I liked the um, back and forth between the solely electronic and the uh, features. I think it keeps it interesting. And also, we felt that the features were really appropriate. Like, all the people that they collaborated with seemed, I mean, were perfect for the songs. Um, One of the ones that we really loved was actually they did a Flaming Lips collaboration, which is great. It's called Deflect the Light. Really great song and and just I mean it just works so perfectly yeah so it's interesting when I heard so when I was listening to this record I didn't really look at stuff real close and so I didn't realize that he was gonna be on it and I heard his voice and I was like oh whoa hey Wayne what's going on like I've heard him in several other electronic feature roles so Wayne Queen in uh what is it it says like 2003 2005 uh was working with thievery corporation oh cool it was like featured on a thievery corporation also featured on a chemical brothers song and more recently um moby put out a record a couple years ago uh that we had at wvum uh which i really liked not a lot of other people did but he's also featured on one of those songs it just seems like wayne is the perfect voice for like techno songs uh, he really is he melded it was melded perfectly and it does really work i loved i mean that's a great song 
and it's interesting so i know i just explained that the way that they do features is they write songs and they like send them over for people to write lyrics on top of but not surprisingly it was a little different with flaming lips yeah exactly um they first of all the band was thrilled to work with the flaming lips uh wayne has even said it was uh very brave of them to reach out um but what wayne did when he received the track is he kind of tweaked the arrangements a little bit and the band loved it and of course the feature is great it's a great song deflect the light has its own videos and it was another one of the singles off of the record great great song uh other collaborators included vincent neff of django django uh trust me great track definitely the poppiest i think that was one of the yeah. poppiest tracks so, 100 so you know i loved it <laughs> there is also another feature with harkin who i learned was a touring member of slater kinney um i'm not i'm still not totally clear on touring or like permanent former member mm -hmm. the blogs were not super clear for me but definitely no longer part of Sleater Kinney mm -hmm. whatever but that song was Deeper in a Sky um good track uh I think that they, so that was a feature that the the band really wanted her on and I think her vocals definitely work um not a single not like yeah good song but just uh rolling along on the record um and then there was also the John Grant edition uh, at the very end this feature was so good it's so cool because the way that the they made they like modulated the pitches and it was really it was really funky well done yeah so this was also another exception to the rule um they did a similar thing where they send the song uh and then he wrote john grant wrote lyrics um over this track but when Vessels got the track back, they were like, these vocals are like too good for this song. Like they instead decided to take them off and wrote a new song to put what he had written under it. And it, I mean, it's so beautiful. And it, it definitely makes sense that they worked very much in a pure collaboration for that one because of how smooth and beautiful that song is. Erase the Tapes is the title of that one. And I I really love that as an album ender. Personally. It definitely was the perfect way to sort of it tied the bow on top of everything. Exactly. And not only that, it is also where the album gets its name. Uh, that's where uh, The Great Distraction gets name dropped. And the band didn't have that name. It's not like they were like, okay, John, we're naming the album The Great Distraction. Write whatever you want. He wrote whatever he wanted. And then the band was like, oh, wow, that's great. We're going to name our album The Great Distraction. Just such a great moment. And even the idea of it, The Great Distraction, it's almost as if like, okay, you've been listening to an hour of music, uh, but actually this was just a distraction as if like the album points outward. It's like, okay, no, no, no. Everything else is what we're doing. Everything else is the art of this and the beauty of it. And I, I love that like game that they've played. Well, I think it's also just an interesting uh, thing in this day and age. We need some distractions from the chaos that, uh, that ensues our uh, political system and such. So I think this is a very great distraction to enjoy. Amen. And uh, even these Leeds boys in U the UK um, are experiencing their own stuff. So we all can relate to the pain. Yes. Um, great record. Uh, it's out now. You guys can pick it up. It's 
the great distraction by vessels uh got a dark cover um we already explained the album art is super dope and i hope you guys enjoy that too uh we're going to be kicking off the mix pretty soon with one of vessels tracks um i hope you guys have enjoyed it thank you so much for listening as per usual and we promise next time it will not be about zoe's hip or dentures or anything else like that we we do we do promise that won't happen um unless her teeth do fall out on top of the microphone you might hear a little sound oh my god like a little 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 tap oh my god (laughs) that sounds really horrific what a great way to end the podcast thank you kyle just a horrifying thought for as we leave you with a not so horrifying mix Thanks for listening. This is Sawdust and Gin. I'm Zoe. And I'm Kylie. Stay tuned.